Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. First off, out of an abundance of caution, if you're listening to this podcast episode because you suspect that you have ingested a death cap mushroom or any poisonous mushroom, and you're in the United States, call the American Association of Poison Control Centers toll-free 24-hour hotline at 1-800-222-1222 immediately. If you live outside of the United States, contact your local poison control center in your region or country. Okay? Okay. I say this because these mushrooms are serious. Following a mushroom bloom in the San Francisco Bay Area in late 2016, 14 people consumed this poisonous fungus and fell drastically ill. One child even experienced permanent neurological damage. And these were just some of the latest in a string of poisonings over the last few decades a small handful of which proved to be fatal. The toxic cause, Amanita phylloides, better known by its grim moniker, the death cap mushroom. The death cap mushroom is what's known in the world of mycology as a mutualist. This means that it grows in tandem with a host to the benefit of both. The host, in the case of this mushroom, is one of several types of trees. The fungus grows in the soil and mingles with the tree's roots, drawing out nitrogen from the soil and bringing it to the tree in exchange for carbon. In California, where the death cap mushroom is fairly common, possibly due to its pleasant Mediterranean climate, the fungus normally grows in tandem with coast live oak. On the East Coast, the fungus usually attaches to pine. And in the fungus's native Europe, it's a combination of beech and oak. For the article this episode is based on, How Stuff Works spoke with Anne Pringle, the Letters and Science Rubenstein Professor of Botany and Bacteriology at the University of Wisconsin Madison. Pringle's research confirms what other mycologists have theorized. Amanita phylloides is a non native species that was introduced to California from Europe in the not too distant past. If this mushroom was native to California, it would be genetically different from the European variety. But the California death cap is genetically interrelated to the European one. Ergo, the fungus is one and the same. Pringle said that the first known sightings in California were at the Del Monte Hotel in 1938 and on the University of California Berkeley campus in 1945. So, how on earth did the death cap get to California? One common theory is that people from Europe transported cork oak from Europe to California to plant the tree locally. And that's how Amanita phylloides, growing on the cork oak's roots, may have reached North America. It's a good theory, though no one has found hard evidence to support it yet. While the death cap is considered an invasive species in California, that's not necessarily the case on the East Coast. It's partly due to a difference in habitat. On the East Coast, you'll find it more often in contained urban settings, like parks, where someone may have planted a tree that hosts the death cap. But in California, the fungus is growing in forested areas like the Point Reyes National Seashore in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. The fungus is spreading up the West Coast in British Columbia, too. Some scientists, like Pringle, are interested in managing the spread of invasive fungi like the death cap. Pringle's team has mapped nearly 100 genomes of phylloides, so it's possible that future research could help curb the mushroom's deadly reach. So, what happens if you do accidentally ingest a death cap mushroom? How Stuff Works also spoke with Race Fora, medical director for the Fresno Madera Division of the California Poison Control System. He explained that the fungus contains a couple of toxins, including phallotoxin, which, quote, 
causes severe nausea, vomiting, and dehydration, with resulting kidney damage and electrolyte imbalances. But the kicker is the alpha-amanitin, or amatoxin, which prevents certain cells from making important proteins and other cellular components. It does its work in the liver. Previous victims have required emergency liver transplants. The poisoning is spread out over three phases, and it can take several hours for symptoms of the death cap's toxins to present in the body. Phase one is nausea and vomiting. In phase two, the nausea and vomiting might cease, but liver damage progresses in a dramatic fashion. In phase three, advanced liver failure, seizures, loss of blood pressure, brain swelling, and comas can occur. And in the worst case scenario, death. So the number one takeaway here, do not consume the death cap in any form. In fact, unless you're extremely familiar with the fungi in your area, Pringle urges that you hold off on wild mushroom foraging, as it can be really tricky to identify and separate poisonous mushrooms from safe ones. If you spot a mushroom that you suspect may be a death cap and want help verifying its identity, Pringle suggests heading over to mushroomobserver.org to seek guidance. A touching a death cap should be fine, since there's no evidence that the toxins transmit through skin contact. However, Pringle advises that you wash your hands after handling any sort of mushroom. But although they do cause the majority of mushroom-related fatalities globally, death cap poisonings are still pretty rare in the United States. Moreover, Vora says that the fatality rate is believed to be in the range of 10 to 15% of cases. That's nothing to sneeze at, but it's not an automatic death sentence either. Today's episode is based on the article, Poisonous Death Cap Mushroom Spreads Over North America, on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Terry Yarlagata. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Listener.